And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on Today's Experience. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy best called The Christian Journey. First, there are two responses that we offer often enter into with the Lord without intending to insult him. Okay, so there's two things that we do. It's a bit natural or fleshly human, so it's helpful for us to keep an eye on this. We can quickly revert to a bit of complaining when things are going bad. I know I'm the only Christian in all of the last 2,000 years that has complained to the Lord when things are not going great. And then uh, this is what I would say. I wouldn't do it this way. That's that's what I would say. I don't know. You guys might not say it that way, but I might mumble that under my breath. Uh, And that can only last for so long, and eventually we get back on track and get it right. However, when things start to turn, there is that same opportunity to forget the moment and why it turned. Again, it's a bit natural or fleshly human, so it's helpful for us to keep an eye on this. Next, why would God allow such freakish weird scenarios in our lives. He stopped Israel during the time of Joshua's death to test his kids and to teach his kids. They might not have liked that, but then again, he didn't ask them if they liked that. And he won't ask you or me if we like it either. That's because Christianity is about becoming more like Jesus and not more of us. And if that takes him directing us to Red Sea circumstances, then so be it. And finally, the most significant factor is how we engage or what action we take concerning our circumstances. There are two actions that we're supposed to take when we're in the midst of facing an impossible or even an unimaginable situation. These two activities demonstrate faith. And we need to remember Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And that is how we roll. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, 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 hey. How you doing? Hey, hey. hey. What's that? Uh, what do you think? You can email us during the show. That's fun. You can do that. David at he must org. It won't spam you or do anything like that. Nothing will happen, actually. Actually, I'll be lucky if it gets to my Chromebook. <laughs> but it does work. David at he must org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You know, you can call us live during the show. 972-445-0770. That's 
972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, something special happens. You end up talking to Captain Chris. Let me explain to you what that's like. That's like being on a luxury cruise and having the entire cruise be all about you. And then you will be... That's fun. <laughs> Don't you love that? The entire cruise is about you. I'll have this. It's all about you, Dave. Okay, great. <laughs> all right, bottom line. If you have an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question, we want you to be able to reach out and talk to us. We think that's fun. We think it's awesome for you to engage with us and for us to engage with you. You have that opportunity to have prayer requests. You have that opportunity to share praise reports. You have that opportunity just to share things that are going on in your life. It's cool. It's great. And then you have this opportunity to answer a trivia question. We just did one on what is the name of the big final war. Here is a kind of a connected one to it. Which New Testament book is sometimes called the Apocalypse? Da-da-da! All right, do you think you know the answer? Here's what you can do. You can call us. We've already told somebody who's not even waiting one second. You can call us at 972-445-0770. You can text us, 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So there are a couple things that I do want to draw to your attention, if you don't mind. So I need you to be just a little bit patient with me. So most of you know that tomorrow night is going to be my, uh, what's the word we're looking for? Uh, oral examination for my doctorate. <laughs> uh, I feel pretty good about it. And uh, really what I want prayer for is my wife. You think, why would you want prayer for your wife? That's easy. Because first of all, she's the one who has to put up with me. Okay. And that should entitle her to, you know, millions of dollars as far as I'm concerned. And then second, she has to keep the dogs quiet in the other room uh, while we're doing it. And that ain't going to be easy <laughs> so if you want to pray for somebody in this process it'd be more for her than for me that's all i'm going to say i think you guys understand where i'm heading with that okay uh we do have somebody that's ready to answer the trivia question let's send them on through knock knock this is david who am i talking to um hi david this is deborah hi deborah so wonderful to hear from you <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, now I'm just going to ask you ahead of time. I know that tomorrow you're going to call in and answer a trivia question, aren't you? Hint, hint. Um, hint I'm going to Yes, you have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just pointing that out to you. All right, uh, here you go. This is pretty straightforward. Which New Testament book is sometimes called The Apocalypse? Um, that is correct. You are right. And so I'm going to help everybody out because I'm a nice guy in this kind of thing. It's so people can know it's revelation, not revelations, revelation, singular. But okay. yeah, because people just need to know that. Because if you say that, then some people go, hey, it's revelation. I actually had somebody do that to me in a college class, got all offended because I added an S. 
I was oh, like, okay. really, really? Maybe you should go out more. That's what I kept thinking. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, uh, I was wondering if I could say something and ask you for a prayer, too. Okay, fire away. Okay, first off, I just wanted to uh, tell Annika thank you for the uh, kind words. And I always love it when she calls in because she always asks really good questions and I learn a lot. Awesome, great. And then secondly, I was wondering if you could say a prayer for my friend Susie for a physical and mental healing and for um, some understanding more of the word. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's pray, okay? Join with me. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. You are awesome. You are kind to us. You are gracious to us. And we lift up Susie, who's our sister in the Lord, and we just ask you, Lord, to minister to her physically and emotionally and psychologically. You would just work in her life by the power of your Holy Spirit. And please, Lord, let the word become like honey for her, like, like fresh bread, and she would be deep in the word and deep in the truth, and she would be blessed by the things that you have said as you speak life, and she can receive that life from you. We pray for that, pray for healing. We pray for continued grace in Susie's life as well as in Deborah's life, and we just lift it all up to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay? All right. Got disconnected there, but that's okay. God didn't get disconnected, so that's Okay, that was kind of a joke. Everybody could laugh a little, just a little bit. Uh, just so you can know, Chris, I'm looking for that piece of paper. I lost it. <laughs> lost a piece of paper. All right. You guys want to hear a really wild story before I do the teaching? Okay, great. So I'm sitting there, and I'm doing my uh, devotions. Uh, this was yesterday, and the Lord reminded me of something. That was so weird. I had not thought about this. <laughs> Al goes, no, not really. <laughs> I had not thought about this in a really long time, in like seven, eight, seven, eight years, maybe even longer, maybe nine years, long, long time. So I'm praying, uh, this is years and years ago, and the Lord spoke to me. Now, I thought it was the Lord. You ever have that happen? Where you think, oh, maybe that's the Lord. Maybe I, maybe I should find out. And you know what I heard? This is what I heard from the Lord. Not audibly, but kind of in my mind, in my brain, but kind of like separate from my thoughts. Maybe more with clarity, as my thoughts are usually pretty muddy. It's like, go to the river. Go to the river. So when I was done with my devotions, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I know I'm sharing this because the Lord wanted me to. So, so for whoever this is for, you need to really pay attention. So I, I got up after my devotions, and I thought, go to the river. So we were in um, uh, Vista, California, and I was thinking, go to the river. First of all, there is no river. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you guys. I'm like, there is no river around here. There's a pond, and it's disgusting, so I know that's not it. And so then I'm thinking, go to the river. What does that mean? And so I type in uh, river. In, in my uh, search engine, right? Just listen to this. Listen to this story. And you know what there was? There was a church a mile and a half away from me called The River. So I, I'm like, okay. I'm thinking maybe we should go there. 
And let me tell you what point this was in my life, and I'm sharing it with you so you can kind of understand how everybody goes through the ups and downs. No, Nobody is excluded from this. Not Elijah, not Andy, not David, not, not Samuel, not anybody. And this was before radio ministry, but after pastoral ministry. So we go to the river, and it's a kind of an independent, uh, half Pentecostal, half Baptist, which was good, you know, because I'm Baptocostal, so that kind of worked out nice. And we go, and it's like, eh. <laughs> right? Eh. But afterwards, the pastor comes up to me, and he's like, you know, what's going on? How you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And so I just say, well, I was doing this in ministry and doing this in ministry, and, you know, I'm just trying to find out what I'm supposed to be doing and so on and so forth. And the reason I bring this up is because this was pivotal before the radio, for even to get me into radio. And he prayed, for, before he prayed for me, he said, you feel like or you believe that Lord created you for something more than you're doing, don't you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> right? And he prayed for me, and it was within weeks of that that everything came down for me to get in into radio. And and that was, you know, like nine and a half years ago or ten years ago. Whatever. And I just was amazed that the Lord will use the most bizarre unrelated, unconnected, you know, thing that you wouldn't even imagine to set us in a direction that he wants us to go that we can't even figure out until we've been on it for years and then you look backwards. And then you go, oh, that was all part of the plan. And this is why I have this very strong belief that we talk about all things working together for good. You know, at that moment, I didn't think that. At that moment, I thought, I went to the river. I did what I was told to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was all I was thinking. But God was coordinating this with this pastor who I'd never met before. And he prayed for me, and, and it, was, it wasn't that it was overly powerful. It was just right. It was correct. And I think that loosened things up and enabled me to see more clearly and hear more clearly. And I'm sharing that with you because there's some of you out there that are trying to find direction and you're trying to you know, nail it all down. And sometimes it just doesn't come all at once. Sometimes it takes a process. Somebody has to pray for you. You share with them. So if you listen, maybe they'll direct you to this place or that place. But be diligent to pursue the Lord, he will answer you. He won't answer you the way you want him to, or at least not often. And he won't answer you uh, in the timing or the method or anything else, but he will direct your steps. If you trust the Lord with all your heart and truly don't lean on your own understanding and you acknowledge him in everything, he will direct you where you need to go. Now, whoever that's for, maybe more than one, Take heed to that. The Lord is trying to tell you that, even through a dumb radio guy. Okay? All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself, I go down to the jail of my soul. Stop. 
Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, jingity-jing, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity-jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La, 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 Oh, that is la, 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 You asked for zany, my friend. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. So we, being not completely unlike... You know, Christmas vacation in Chevy Chase and so on and so forth. We we got a really big tree, slapped it up on the car. Of course, it scratched the car to no end. Remember, I'm Jewish and I'm trying to follow the Christmas holiday. It's got nothing to do with my Christianity. I like Christmas. I like the season and so on and so forth. I have no problem celebrating any specific time, picking a time. And we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of Christ. It's awesome. It's a great time of year. But you're talking about me fighting a tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I hack off a few branches. And unfortunately, what I hacked off with the, with the axe wasn't enough because I was right there again holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then, instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces. By this point, I have decided that Christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting Christmas presents have created, and Jewish people who believe in Jesus should not be celebrating Christmas, and I'm crashing the tree, and I've got the act up, and I'm crushing it, and I'm going to get this tree in, and you would not believe it, but after doing that for 15 minutes, I still could not get the tree in the house. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here we go. Here we go. This this should not be a difficult trivia question. That's my way of saying you guys better get this. How many horsemen are there in Revelation chapter 6? How many horsemen? Okay, that's the question. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. There's so many lines that, that can be used right there. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the uh, call-in number. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then david at hemustincrease.org. I still think it's funny that Al said when I said, I'm going to tell you something. And he goes, you're going to share with you. So he goes, no, not really. <laughs> Some of the best lines. 
Uh, I found my piece of paper that was lost, but now it is found. Wait a minute. Isn't that like a song? It was lost, but now. Okay. Uh, we got people answering all over the place, which is good. Do we want to do the funny stuff first, or do you want to do the person first? What do you think? You have funny stuff? Okay. That's just really nice. So uh, that that thing that's in your room that hisses like a snake, it is for me. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Which one do you which one should I do? Do the phone first. All right. Send the person on through. Knock knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hi, Gary. How are you? How are you today? Uh, technologically challenged, but still enjoying the day. That's how I'm gonna answer you. <laughs> Well, I'll continue to pray for you. Yep, I need it, brother. You know I need it, especially coming up. All right, here we go. How many horsemen are there in Revelation chapter 6? Four. That is correct, sir! There are four horsemen. In fact, that was uh, one of the better books that Billy Graham did, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. There's a lot of uh, great material in there. But, yeah, now I'm going to assume, because I know you are a well-thought-through Bible person, that you just knew that right off the bat immediately. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I I knew you knew that. All right. That's why I have confidence in you. All right, good job, Gary, and I appreciate that. We'll pray for you. You keep praying for us. We'll all keep getting prayed for that way. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, here we go. I will try some humor. Now, one of these jokes uh, uses Methodists. It can be used for anything. And I was actually a Methodist pastor for six months doing a book they call the Blue Jean Service to help them get rolling. So I can do this because it's like a Jewish joke. I can do a Jewish joke. I'm Jewish. Leave me alone. I was a Methodist pastor. I'll do what I want. Okay. But before we get there, there's this one. A Sunday school teacher had told her class about Samson's riddle. Can anyone remember... What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? That's what she asked. Little Johnny put up his hand and said, Tony the Tiger. (laughs) You can just see a kid doing that, right? Okay. Again, this is not to insult anybody who's got a Methodist background, as I also have identity to that. Uh, Why should you always invite two Methodists to dinner a dinner party? If you invite one, he will drink all your wine. If you invite two, he won't drink any. Neither of them will drink any. Well, that's funny. Now, this is a little more uh, religious-y kind of thing, but it is nonetheless funny, so just follow along. On the eve of the General Synod, the bishop was a speaker at the prestigious dinner held in the city of London. He told a number of jokes, which went down well with his audience. So he asked the journalists present to omit them from their reports so that he could use them again in his speech at the Synod on the next day. Reporting on the dinner, one newspaper item stated, the bishop told a number of stories that cannot be reprinted. (laughs) That's the press for you right there, right? Okay. All right, here we go. All right, let's get into this uh, judges portion that I want to talk about. I want to talk about this thing that we have. What do we got? We're so far off of time. Who knows? All right. Uh, Judges 6, 14 through 16. This is what it says. The Lord turned to him, referring to Gideon, and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's ham. 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 Hand. (laughs) Not ham. Let's back that up a second. Let me try that again. 
Yeah, I must be doing like a doctorate or something tomorrow. Judges 6, 14 through 16. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. So here is this moment where Gideon, not, uh, not a lot of self-confidence could be a fair statement, okay? Struggling as an individual, and then the Lord has this command for him to do something, and this is obviously in a direct partnership with God, and Gideon's like, uh, I can't do this. This is beyond me. And what happens is when the Lord sets something before us, there are often times where it is, it is beyond us. And it is not, God is not doing that to make fun of us. He's doing that to partner with us. And I think what happens is we'll think this, is, this task is, is monumental. And in many ways it is, but not when the Lord is involved. And the person you want to refer to when you think about this is Moses, who was given a task before the Lord. And Moses was like, well, you know, I don't speak very good. And who am I going to say is sending me? And so he's just coming up with excuse after excuse. Just so you can be aware, the greatest people of God, except for Jesus, who is God himself, the greatest people of God have always come up with excuses. They've been doing that for ages, all the way back. And so we will tend to have an excuse saying, I, I just don't, this is beyond the scope. Maybe the Lord has put in your heart, and let me just drop this in your lap real quickly. Oh, somebody's not going to like me for this. But maybe the Lord has put in your heart to start some kind of ministry. And see, in your mind, you think, well, if I'm going to start some kind of ministry, I need a bazillion dollars. I need, you know, assistance. I need, you know, all the collaterals. I need all this and all this. And it's like, Maybe you just need to say yes to the Lord and let the Lord bring about things that you can't pull together so quickly. Maybe there's something on your heart that the Lord wants you to do or has been pushing you to do, and you're just reluctant because you think, I'm not very good at this, or I'm not overly qualified, or I don't know how I can pull this off. I'm not spiritual like, you know, Dr. Robert Jeffress, or I'm not spiritual like, you know, like— you know, some of these other people, I'm not a Billy Graham, or I'm not uh, Pastor Morris, or I'm not any, and it's like, it's all the excuses that we want to do, and what what's going on is the Lord is trying to partner with us, and there's fear and concern that is in the way, and we're like, I don't want to move forward in you, Lord, because this is like, you know, I, I who am I? And that's exactly where Gideon was coming from. He's like, well, how can I save it? My clan's the weakest, and I'm the least in my family. I'm like the I'm like the last. You ever heard this expression? I'm the last person you want doing this. That's exactly what Gideon said. Which is exactly why God used him. In other words, he probably was the last person, ironically. And the irony behind that is that God likes to use people that can't do it so that when it gets done, you know he did it. And there's people out there listening to my voice even now, and it's not, again, this is not, it doesn't have the same implication for everybody, but it does have the same application for everybody. It's not the same implication, but the same application. 
Every person who hears my voice can be involved in ministry in some format, period. If you can pray, you're in ministry, period. So don't tell me, oh, I can't do this again. But some of you, the Lord is asking you to step up and beyond. And you're like, whoa, I get it. That's uncomfortable. But you know what? People need you. And you got to stop thinking, well, you're not very helpful. I want to say this very carefully. Uh, God has often used, as uh, James Robinson says, as we play in our clip, he has often used and will continue to use imperfect vessels like me, like you, and like every other person that names the name of Christ no matter what position they're in. One of the worst things that has happened in the church in the last mm, 300 or 200 years from a from a uh, theological perspective is how the laity, which that word laity is actually a, a, a forerunner to the whole problem, but the laity has distinguished itself away from the pulpiteers. It's like there's like these two separate classes. It's like it was never— like that in the original church. It was like that in the Pharisaical temples. It wasn't like that. Jesus taught—sometimes he taught in a circle. Like, there you go. Sometimes he didn't, sometimes he did. Just depended on the circumstance. And so you're not, you're not less professional because you don't have degrees, or you don't have this, you don't have that. You have Jesus, and he is the fullness of wisdom and the fullness of understanding. And in partnership with God, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. And you might be saying, but I'm not good enough. You're right. I agree. Praise the Lord that Jesus is. That's the answer. Like, oh, I don't like you, Dave. I know, but uh, you have to love me because you're commanded to. <laughs> okay, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Show break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. <laughs> you think three words? Come on, Dave. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is... Hebrew for teacher, or it doesn't matter if your translation says master, rabbi, it doesn't matter. She said, Mary. She, she responded, master, Lord. You see, the resurrected Jesus Christ speaks the name of his sheep. And Jesus knows your Name. My sheep, Jesus said, know my voice, and they hear me. And you were going along in your journey, 
Maybe you were young and you were in church. Maybe you were young and somebody brought it to you. Maybe you were in middle, the middle part of your life. Maybe in the later part of your life. But at some point, Jesus said your name. He said, David, Tierra, Tiffany, Noel, Joshua, Ashley. At some point, he called your name. The risen Messiah spoke your name to you. You know what? That's when you said, yes, Lord. Yes, Master. Yes, Rabboni. It's the most powerful moment because it's the moment that the divine Messiah speaks to you and pulls you from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into another kingdom, the kingdom of light. It is the moment that changed everything. And uh, Billy Graham had a really good piece on it. said some people can really define that moment. Some people can't. Doesn't matter. It happened for those that, well, it's kind of like a metamorphosis, but it happened. And in the economy of God, it happens more specifically. And maybe the person doesn't know the date. I know my date, but maybe the person doesn't know the date they said yes to Jesus. But there was a moment where Jesus called your name and you said yes. And that was the beginning of your understanding of his depth of love. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here we go. Ready for this trivia question? Old Testament. Thinking Old Testament, thinking Book of Genesis. Here we go. In the face of what threatened destruction... Okay. In the face of what threatened destruction did Abraham ask, will not the judge of all the earth do right? What was going to happen for Abraham to say that? Hmm. In the face of what threatened destruction did Abraham say, will not the judge of all the earth do right? See, this is why Abraham is really the forefather of the Jewish people. How manipulative is that? <laughs> it's not that God didn't know he was going to do it, but how funny is that? You're not going to do the right thing? What? That's great. Okay. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call in. Uh, what was going to happen for Abraham to have to say that? Uh, 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 uh, is the number to text. And then david at he must increase dot org is the email going to send you up to the website two things don't forget chapter on the holy spirit in that second gift on the website it's called sorry god really good read for some people to have it would really help you understand the engagement or relationship with the holy spirit and then the other part of it is money and i'm sorry that i don't like talking about it but it is a necessity and i wish we were all billionaires and nobody had to do it but that's not the case so uh we need your financial help and that's that so please go to he must increase.org Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org
I just don't know why people don't understand why these things are so great. It must be me. All right. Uh, what can I say? I just love the sound effects, people. All right. Uh, trivia question. It's a simple mind, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a simple mind. In the face of what threatened destruction, so what cities were on the block for Abraham to say, will not the judge of all the earth do right? A couple of cities were kind of in the uh, in the crosshairs of the Lord. Uh, what cities were those? And uh, that's all we're asking you. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You also text in 214-210-843 or send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. It is time for history. Let's go. Okay, here you go. It is National French Friday. Yes. Yum. Yes, right? How could you say no to French fries? Don't say anything. That's just terrible to say no. And then it's Bean and Frank's Day, which I happen to like. I like Frank's and Bean, Beans and Frank's. I don't know what it's called, Beans and Frank's. Yeah? It's fair? I mean, it's all right. Okay. It's no French fries. That's true. Unless you take the Beans and Frank's and put them on French fries. Get out. Okay. <laughs> it's also Barbershop Music Appreciation Day. Now Is I'm that a, a thing? I, I I don't know. I have to assume that's a barbershop quartet, right? I would have versus it's not like you go into a barber or a hairstylist and you say, Wow, listen how great that music is. I mean, right? Oh my barber, they're always singing in there. Okay. You walk in there, you go, I was gonna get my hair cut, but um I can tell you're not on the top ten brand here. Of the Muzak list. Uh, On this day in 1923, the Hollywood sign is officially dedicated. Originally read Hollywood Land. Uh, Last four letters are dropped off after the renovation in 1949. They should have just called it Hollyweird, and that would have been fine. Uh, Listen to this. 1977. Listen to this. The New York City blackout of 1977 lasted for 25 hours. Do you know what people said about that blackout? They said, New York has never looked cleaner. (laughs) Come on. Come on. That's a good one, right? That's a good one. Now, here's the 1913 on this day. The first movie pie thrown in the face. See, these are the important things. A Noise from the Deep premieres in which uh, actress Mabel Normand hits Fatty Arbuckle in the face with a custard pie, starting the long comedic tradition. You can't get that information anywhere. You have to look for that information. Okay. <laughs> or tune the show in. Uh, okay, what cities were on the edge or the verge or the just about to be destroyed when Abraham said, will not the judge of all the earth do right? What cities are we talking about? If you think you know, uh, 972-445-0770. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at he must org. So I want to key in. I, I kind of thought this message was going to go a different way, which what else is new? Uh, but I, I, I get the sense that there's something specific the Lord is you know, for some people or for one person, I don't know, 
or from me. Who knows? Uh, but there's one thing I want to talk about in this 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 situation with Gideon. And the, before we get into it, somebody's calling in, so we're going to take them. But the situation with Gideon and Gideon being called to do something and then feeling like he is just not fit or not appropriate to it. And then uh, then he goes on to does, does something that's uh, really fascinating uh, because he needed help in the faith. And I'm going to talk about that, and then I'm going to share another personal story, which is kind of weird because I typically don't go that far on the personal stuff. But before we do that, let's have somebody answer the trivia question, then we'll go from there. So let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is your brother, Ace. Hey, brother Ace. How are you? How you feeling as we're praying for you every single day? Are you feeling strong? Oh, yes, yes. I I can feel the power uh, emerging from heaven to me, and uh, that's good. All right. That's awesome. Y'all doing good. Appreciate you. Yeah, and I appreciate you too, brother. We love you in the Lord. You are you are a blessing to the show. I just want you to know that. All right. Well, yeah, All right. to me too. So. All right. All right. Here you go. All right. What two cities kind of kind of tinkering on the edge there? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, when Abraham said, will not the judge of all the earth do right? That was before God was going to blast away what two cities? That'd be Sodom, Gomorrah. That is correct, sir! <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Abraham's argument was, well, if there's anybody righteous, now there's a big, great theological argument. So he starts with X amount, then he goes, keeps going down and down and down, and then he stops at like 10, thinking, let's see, you got Lot and his wife, and then you got the two kids. I mean, the guy have talked to six people. <laughs> it's kind of like the attitude, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like, wrong. <laughs> there was, so there wasn't 10 righteous. It was like, oops, that was bad. <laughs> oh, y'all doing okay? You making it? Yep. Yeah, we're doing okay. We just, you know, I, I'm, everything we're doing is focus for me right now. The focus is for tomorrow night and then yeah. to get that done yeah. and then uh, start uh, telling people what some of the specifics are. But we're, we're making it. We're going to we're going to be fine. And the Lord has never has never left us short. So we, we just have full confidence in that. Amen. Well, I'm here to back you up. So you just let me know. All right? All right. You got it, brother. And we no, love, I, I sure love you. I love all the people that are connected to your program. I wish we all could be together one day somewhere and, uh, in, you know, face-to-face. That would be really a blessing. Uh, Mary and um, Joy, all the guys, you know, and uh, all the guys. I can't name them all, but, you know, the whole family. And uh, that would be, be awesome. I don't know how we can do it, but maybe we can do it one day. Well, we can't. Here's the thing. We're going to try and do something like that. So we're, we're, sure. we're, we're gearing our minds toward how to do that. It's not going to be the easiest thing, but so you got to find the location, have everybody come in, but... We're trying to, we're actually, we've thought about that process as well. Now, we used to say, and I know you know this one, uh, either here, there, or in the air <laughs> is what yeah, we used to say, remember? Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're going to try and do something where we all get together. What's going to be really funny is when people see one another, they won't immediately connect the faces with the voices. That's the, yeah. that's the funniest well, part about the whole thing. Yeah, you kind of picture somebody you know, like Mary, you know, kind of picture her yep. somehow. And of course, this isn't never the way you think it is. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's they're excellent. All precious, they're all precious in the sight of the Lord. So, Amen, we, brother. We like <laughs> Amen. So anyway, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Chris is doing a great job. So you got a good one there. Yeah, yeah, I know he's I a great know. guy. 
Okay, okay bro. All right. Take thank you, you, brother. All right. All God right. bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Yeah, Chris does deserve a raise, but I don't pay him. Uh, you know, Al wanted to point out if it wasn't Sodom and Gomorrah, then it was San Francisco, New York. <laughs> see our people. <laughs> see how our people are. Okay. All right. Now I got to see how I can do this without ruining this because I'm good at, you know. All right. So you guys know that Gideon, uh, what, what Gideon went through, uh, first of all, he's called to do a task that was like, like huge, right? And it was huge because uh, Israel was being oppressed. By the Midianites, and uh, they were were so oppressed that they were, you know, they were actually they were trying to grow stuff in hidden little spots, and they would, you know, do water water washings in wells. I mean, they were really like, you know, kind of like in seclusion whenever the Midianites would come around. So they were very oppressed by these people. So Gideon is trying to, you know. Get this right before the Lord. And as he's making the pursuit, and you guys know the story, we're not really going to get into the 300 versus the 135,000, which by itself is is enough for everybody just to go, what? Because Gideon had 300, and the Midianites had 135,000. So you're just looking at that going, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? How is that even uh, doable, Right. But what I want you to hear, and I'm going to try and tie it in, and I don't know why the Lord brought this to my attention, so I'm just going to go with whatever we're doing. Uh, Gideon, going through this process, needed something from the Lord. He needed something to give him affirmation. He didn't need something to believe that God was God. Okay, that, that That's the wrong play on this. He needed something to know that God had chosen him for the task. It wasn't that God could or couldn't do it kind of mentality. And as you see, when he does get the victory with 300 over 135,000, and oh, by the way, how does he get the victory? He gets the victory because God wipes out the 135,000. It wasn't like the 300 were like, you know, you know this is not the, the movie 300. Okay, so the idea behind this is that Gideon was unsure about himself more than God. So he asked the Lord, he goes, okay, if this is really you, and this is where we get the fleece, the phrase fleecing the Lord. You ever heard that phrase, going to fleece the Lord? Well, he took a fleece and he put it outside and he said, if, if this is really you, I want the fleece to be wet and, and the rest of the gri- ground to be dry. And I might have those reversed. That, that part doesn't matter. And then the next night, it's like, I want the ground to be you know the other way and the fleece to be the other way. So God does it twice for him, right? That sign in and of itself didn't say, I'm going to destroy the 135,000. That sign said, I'm with you. You see that? I want to say this right. Knowing that God is with you is one of the most important, active Christian principles you can operate with. Needless to say, if we start going through the I am with you, you can go into Haggai chapter 1 where it says, I am with you, says the Lord. And I've mentioned this before. You can easily go to Matthew one, where Jesus Jesus's name is uh, you know with the Lord with us, 
or you can do Matthew 28, the beginning and the end of the gospel, where it says, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Or you can use Hebrews 13.5 or Deuteronomy 31.6, both at the ends of the Old and New Testament, saying the same thing. You have nothing to be afraid of. I'm with you, says the Lord. Or Joshua 10, where God was with Joshua to such the degree that the, that the rotations of the universe stopped. Not just the rotation of of uh, Earth and the Sun and the Moon, the universe, the whole mechanism, <laughs> just like whoa, that's just huge. <laughs> just like if you're a sci-fi fan, you should be like going, "Whoa, my brain is smoking out right now." It's like it's unbelievable. And then not just that, but the First Samuel ten and First Samuel eighteen fourteen, and all of the things that David said about the Lord being with him uh, and the Lord being his shepherd, and he doesn't have to be afraid, and so on. These these principles, this principle is one of the key principles of the Christian faith, that God is with us. Even when we're going through tough stuff, and that was part of our psalm, Psalm 22, David acknowledging going through a lot of tough stuff, but God is with him. Even when Gideon is looking at this monumental task and saying to himself, I can't do this. There's no way I can do this. I, I believe in you, but if you're going to really do this with me, I got to have something. I got to have something just to, to, to guide me, just to comfort me, just to give me some insight. And again, it's not wrong to seek affirmation or confirmation from the Lord for the directions you're going or the things you're doing. That's not the sin that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, and the, the lawyers thrust upon Jesus. They wanted a sign to prove that he was the Messiah. And that's, like I've said it before, that's entirely different than asking God, I need something to say to me, it's okie doke, I'm on the right track. That's just two different worlds. And I've heard a preacher preach and say, you know, it's a sin to ask for signs. It's like, well, I guess it depends on what you're asking for. It's a sin if you're trying to affirm that Jesus is the Messiah, though he still seemed to do quite a few signs. But it's it's not a sin to ask God to give you affirmation as God has done all the way through from Genesis through Revelation. So I'm going to share a story with you, and then I'll get back to this. And this is one of those weird, weird stories, okay? And it doesn't mean it's the Word of God. I'm just sharing a testimony of something that happened to me. And I've mentioned it once before, but very briefly. So when I was going through a very, 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 very difficult time in the Lord and in life, I needed to know that the Lord was with me. And I prayed that same kind of thing that Gideon. In fact, I actually stole it. Well, I didn't steal it. I borrowed it from Gideon, saying, I need to know that you're just—I just need to— you know, I've gone through a lot. I, I felt like I've given up a lot. Uh, you know, I went a different route and wasn't sorry that I did any of it, but I just needed to know that the Lord was with me. And in that process, I, you know, I prayed and I just asked the Lord to to do that. And then somebody called me up and said, hey, I need you to come by this restaurant, da-da-da-da-da. I, I need this one thing. I'm like, well, okay. So... I get in the car, and I drive down to go meet this person at the restaurant. And in front of me is this 760 green Volvo from California. <clears throat> uh, and I was in Arizona. And they were driving like they were from California. <laughs> Just say that in the nicest possible way. And and I didn't beep them, but I wanted to. <laughs> Just being honest. And 
And they ended up going into the same restaurant. So then I was really glad that I didn't beep them because then I'm going in the same restaurant. They're going to the same restaurant. If I beep them, I'd have felt like really horrible, right? And then uh, I sit down in the booth and I'm waiting to take care of this project for this one person. And uh, they start talking and they're talking and they're talking. And all of a sudden, they're naming names on people I know. And I'm like, whoa. And then one name comes out in particular. We won't get into that right now. And <clears throat> when they said that name, I was like, oh, I got to see what's going on here. Because this is like, this is like, I know that person, that person, that person. There's like five or six different people. And then one person I knew of had respect for but didn't know personally. So got up from my table because I'm just that way. Went right over to their table in the corner of the restaurant. And I said, Excuse me, I just want to know who you guys are because you're mentioning this person, this person, this person. That's all I know, right? And the person that I had a lot of respect and honor for was in the booth. He said, that's me. And I'm like, what? And he goes, hey, that's me. Those are Those are my friends too. And I was like, no way, right? And he... Came to my table and he sat down with me. He said, How you doing, son? And da 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 da. And I said, I'm going through a tough time. And you know what he told me? Listen to this. It's so bizarre. He said, He goes, You're going to win the war. He goes, But sometimes in the battle, the devil wins a few. And it was just like, Ding. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what happened. But it was like the Lord said, I'm with you, kid. I'm right here with you. I know you're going through a tough time. And I even let you run into this servant of mine so that you, as stupid as you are, could even figure it out, even for you. And it was like the sign that Gideon had in the sense that it gave me affirmation for nothing but God was aware. He was with me. And I wanted to <clears throat> I want to make more of that. I want to sound like it's more spiritual than it is. It's not. It's that God was knew I was in a really, really, really hard place, and he helped me. And that's exactly what I think of when I think that Gideon went through this thing, and God said, let's do this partnership, and Gideon's like, okay, except this is way past me. And then as he's going through the process, he's like, I'm starting to freak out, da da da, da. And God said, I'm with you. And that part right there, that's one of the most important things in the Christian faith, you and I recognizing that God is with us. Now, again, that is the name, right? Yeah, right. Jesus is with us, right? God with us, Emmanuel. And we're supposed to understand that. We just don't believe it because it sounds too far-fetched. But you know something? God is with you. And you haven't done everything right. And you know what? You won't. But he's still with you. He still loves you. He forgives you. He's using you. He will use you. He's for you, not against you. And we need to remember those truths. And I know that's very personal, and Dave, you should be just be expositing the Scripture. Nope, this is exactly what Jesus did. He would teach. He would use illustrations. He would talk about different things in different people's lives. This is what happened. And I am telling you, for the, for the few of you out there, he is not against you. He is with you. 
And whether you get bump into a person like I did or not, or whether you have any of that, whether the Lord's species says go to the river or not, that doesn't matter. God is faithful to his word, and he makes a commitment. And our problem is that we are weak at Bible believing. God is with you, and he loves you. Okay? All right. Pray for that. Lord, please bless the audience and encourage them with your truth that you are with them and that you love them and you are for them. Please verify your commitment to them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, anything else? Nothing? We're done? That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spinanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.